and we are live with another edition of the All Gas No Break Sports Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside once again by Andrew Johnson. Andrew, a little bit of a late show for us this week. Uh, you had some things to attend to, a little business trip for yourself. Obviously, this week was Christmas as well, so a lot of stuff going on our plates this week, but we are just in time to record this episode just before the Sunday slate for Week 17 in the National Football League. We obviously had a Thursday night game go down, the final one of the season this past week. And now we have a game as of this recording tonight between the Lions and the Cowboys, a huge game in the NFC standings, and obviously a lot of big games on Sunday to you know get a little bit more of a clear picture as to who makes the NFL postseason this year. All right, I don't want to say Week 16 wasn't exciting, but if there was a week to take off, this would be the week because what's leading up to Week 16 now makes it all even so much better. Right, and there is a lot to decipher now what's going down in both the AFC and the NFC. Uh, as I mentioned, the Lions and Cowboys play a huge pivotal game tonight on ABC. A lot at stake, obviously. Both teams are still vying for the top overall seed in the NFC. They both have a playoff spot clinched right now. The Cowboys are still fighting for their division. The Lions have already clinched the NFC North, so they're already guaranteed a home playoff game this season. They would like to make it not only more than they would like to make it more than one home playoff game this upcoming year. But there are some big games as well this upcoming Sunday. You have the Ravens and Dolphins playing each other. We'll preview that game later on in the mushy hour. But before we do that, Johnson, let's get into this Thursday night game that happened this past Thursday between the Jets and the Browns. A game that on paper, when you look at it, these are two of the top five, maybe two of the top defenses in all of the National Football League going into it. So you would maybe expect us when we, if we were to preview this game, we would probably go with the under in this one because of how good these defenses are. But I got to give Joe Flacco and this team credit. They played a strong first quarter. They really came out swinging offensively, and it was pretty much a shootout the rest of this way. The Browns win this game 37 to 20. They clinch a playoff spot in the AFC this season. And if the Ravens lose this upcoming week to the Dolphins, the Browns still have a chance not only to win the AFC North, but to win and have a chance to get home field advantage in this year's AFC playoffs. So there's still a chance for Cleveland to host home field and win the AFC North. It's been a great year despite all the amount of injuries they've had this year. And Joe Flacco's playing some really good football right now. Yeah, this is a great game. And even though I was on a business trip, I did get a chance to see this game, and it was astounding. I was on the West Coast, and it was like about 8, 9 o'clock at night by the time the game ended, which is a little weird uh, for me yeah. at least. But this was a fantastic game played by Joe Flacco. You really couldn't ask for a better game. And it's, it's kind of like a, he's having a storybook ending to his career. This is a guy that's really been on the outs. He's been a journeyman since he's left Baltimore. He's played on multiple teams, one of those teams being the Jets. So is this a revenge game for him? Maybe in a little so. bit. Maybe in a little bit. In the sense that he wanted to, um, he wanted to stay with the Jets, and they said, "No, we're going to ride with Trevor Simeon. We're going to ride with Tim Boyle and all these other guys." And said, "You know, no, no thanks, Joe." And now, at the ripe age of thirty-eight years old, um, going to be thirty-nine by the time the postseason starts in mid-January. This guy has thirteen touchdowns over his last five games. He's four and one. He's completing sixty percent of his passing. He's got a passer rating of over ninety. He's averaging three hundred twenty-three yards a game. Now I know, realize he is a pick machine. Uh, but he's a gunslinger. It's going to come to the territory. So, what a better storybook ending for Joe Flacco for playing for the franchise, which he tortured for over a decade. This man was 18-2 and two against the Cleveland Browns his entire career, and now he's coming back 
to say not only write a storybook ending for himself, but maybe a storybook ending for the Browns. Can we start talking about Browns Super Bowl? Maybe the Browns have a really good chance at the Super Bowl this year. That's and that's because, crazy to think. Because here's the thing: Joe Flacco is playing at an elite level. You can see whatever you want about him being the elite quarterback, but right now he's yeah. playing at an elite quarterback. He's, he's playing good back in the NFL right now. And the Browns have a top ten defense. They've got the weapons, and it seems like he's awoken a weapon in David Njoku as well. And you yeah. see, if you see interviews of him saying he can't speak high enough, he said he, he's in great shape, he's got great hands, he just wants to get him the ball and let him go to work with it. I think the most impressive thing about this game is Amari Cooper didn't play for the Browns in this game. And Cooper, remember, was coming off that historic performance the week before against the Texans, and when he put, put up, like, I think 260 yards receiving. Yeah. And they didn't have him in this game. You talked about Njoku. We had 100 receiving yards midway through the first quarter. And that's, and, yeah, it's, it's a fantastic 123 or 126, something like that, to go for a touchdown. Yeah, he Njoku's been a revelation these past couple weeks for the Browns, and that's all thanks to Joe Flacco and how this Browns offense has gone. I think a lot of credit has to go to this team. I mean, Flacco is now getting consideration for comeback player of the year, which he de- rightfully deserves. I think he's my comeback player of the year. Um, Stefanski right now should be up for coach of the year considering – all the injuries that they've had this year, they're on their fourth quarterback of the season. They're on their pretty much their third string backups right now in terms of some of their offensive players and defensive players. And they made it work. They're 11-5. They got a big win over the Jets. And they still have a chance to win the division. Yeah, no, it's actually great for the Browns. And this um, these fans have been waiting for a quarterback like this. Is that kind of crazy? About 38, almost 39-year-old Joe Flacco is yeah. the quarterback this, these fans have been wanting for the last 20 years. And they years. still have another quarterback on the roster. They're paying like $40 million a season to be that quote-unquote franchise guy. But hey, Flacco has hey, definitely listen, proved to be better than him. Yeah, I mean, he's better than Deshaun right now. He's better than Dorian Thompson-Robinson, even though he's a rookie. Yeah. Uh, and he needs – and if you saw this the other day, uh, Baker Mayfield on Twitter said – uh, some records are meant to be broken in reference to he needs 70 more yards to, bake, to break that Baker Mayfield's passing record. That was uh, Johnny Manziel. Oh, Johnny Manziel. Oh, Johnny Manziel, me, yeah. Baker. Excuse me, excuse me. Wrong, uh, wrong Texas-born quarterback. Yeah. But yeah, and it's he... been an absolute an absolute ride for, um, for Joe Flacco right now. I can't wait to see what ends up. Yeah, and even Baker Mayfield. I mean, think about what he's done for Tampa Bay. The, Brown, the Browns have had, um, have had their chances at quarterback this last couple of years, but they just haven't really... You know, put two and two together, and they let Baker walk. He's at the he's got the Buccaneers in a playoff spot, and they had um, Watson. They were hoping maybe that would work out. Really was up and down this season, but with Flacco, they they seem to be in a really good spot right now. And as you mentioned, they really I, they have a realistic chance to make it all the way to the Super Bowl, which would be their first Super Bowl as this new reincarnation in the franchise history. So yeah, I mean, this is huge. Wasn't even that bad for him either. I don't know why they got rid of him. It was. I think it was more of. Maybe they just didn't want to pay him. It was more of they didn't want to pay him. He had an injury when he was a free agent too, and there was like all this like, um, locker room like drama with him and like previous players. So it it, it was it was all that stupid crap. But hey, I mean, listen, the Browns are in a good spot right now. They've got a realistic chance, and they still have a chance to win the division if everything plays out on Sunday. Now, when we look at the playoff standings as they are right now, there are seven teams right now in both conferences that have clinched the playoff spot, three in the AFC, four in the NFC. Baltimore, Miami, and Cleveland have all clinched playoff spots in the AFC. As I mentioned, the Ravens and Browns still 
have not yet clinched a both teams have not had an opportunity to clinch their division yet. If Baltimore beats Miami this coming Sunday, they will clinch the AFC North. If the Ravens lose to Miami, then Cleveland still has a chance in the final week of the season to clinch that division. For Miami, they have a chance to clinch the AFC East this week if they beat Baltimore. If they lose, then it definitely opens up the door for Buffalo in their final matchup of the season in Week 18 to clinch that AFC East. Um, And then you look at the rest of the wild card. The Chiefs have still not clinched the division yet. They had a really rough performance on Monday against the Raiders. They're still trying to clinch the division. A win, an in scenario for them. If they lose and the Raiders pull off the win against the Colts, then there's a really weird scenario where in Week 18, Johnson, those two teams are one game separated from the division title. I mean, sports drama? That's the only way it could be. That's the best way you can put it. I mean, listen, if the Chiefs play anything like they did on Monday against the Raiders, against Cincinnati, they're in a really, really uh, weird situation where they are in a possibility – of make of going to the playoffs potentially as a wild card team. And oh boy, the NFL is always chock full of surprises, aren't they? Yeah, and then you look at the rest of the the AFC. The Jaguars still hold the lead in the AFC South, but they have a lot of drama going as well. They have been on a bad losing streak. They're eight and seven. They only lead the division because the Colts and the Texans also both lost this past week, so they hold on to that tiebreaker right now. But no Trevor Lawrence this upcoming Sunday against Carolina. That will be interesting to see. I think Carolina, as crazy as it sounds, they might have a chance to pull off a would would be a huge upset win for them, considering that they are two they have two wins on the season. And there's a strong possibility now. Jacksonville might just miss the entire playoffs as it is. Yeah, no, it's definitely possible for Jacksonville to make the playoffs. They've been playing like absolute garbage. Trevor Lawrence has been banged up a little bit. He has that shoulder injury. Uh, I think it's AC joint, if I'm not mistaken. I believe so, yeah. He's had concussions, too. Like, it, it's it's been a bunch of things for him. They just need to kind of weekend that Bernie Sim across the finish line and get to the playoffs. That, that's the way I would look at it at this point. Yeah, I mean, if, if the thing about this, uh, if they lose this game to Carolina, they, their probability of making the playoffs could drop down to 39%. So they have to win, but it would be cataclysmic if they lose this game to Carolina, considering how the Panthers season has gone. And considering what the rest of the division is, you got the Colts, as I mentioned, are 8-7. and seven. They right now hold the last wild card spot in the AFC. They play a pivotal game with the Raiders this week where Vegas, it looked like they were dead to water just a couple weeks ago in terms of the, of the wild card race. But with a win on Sunday against Indianapolis, the Raiders will go to 8-8, eight and eight, which dropped the Colts to 8-8, eight and eight, and they could be in position to make the postseason as well. The Raiders making the postseason? It's it, it's still on the rubble possibility. Uh, all right, I I like chaos, but that would be an absolute um, that'd be cataclysmic for a lot of teams because that means that a lot of teams would have to lose and they would have to win out. Um, and I, I'm not saying it's not possible because well, I could definitely see some teams like the Steelers, Texans, and Colts losing out in front of him, but they'd yeah. have to have the tiebreaker in, uh, for probably one or two of these teams. Well, think about it. The, tech, the Steelers play the Seahawks this week, and we know the Seahawks, they need a big win in the NFC. We'll, t- we'll break down that in a second. The Texans play the Tennessee Titans. That didn't go well the last time these two teams met a couple weeks ago. Um, for Tennessee, the Texans were, were actually able to pull off the big win in overtime. They will have C.J. Stroud, which is huge for them. So they have a really good chance to make the postseason as well. Uh, we talked about Buffalo. They're at 9-6. They pretty much, if they win this game against New England, they should make the postseason. And as I mentioned, they still have a chance to win their division. So 
The Bills still have a chance. And for Cincinnati, they play the Chiefs. Obviously, they need to win this game. A loss would pretty much eliminate them from any hope of making the postseason this year. And they'll need something to go into Arrowhead and pull off what would be a, a major upset. And I, I, I'd be remiss if we did talk about Denver. I mean, Denver is still technically alive for the wild card spot, but we know Johnson, they've made a quarterback change going into this week against the Chargers. It's going to be Jared Sidham instead of Russell Wilson. So it looks like the Russell Wilson era is officially done in Denver. So we can officially call that the worst trade in NFL history now, right? That's the worst trade in NFL history. Like, there's uh, no, there's no it's competition up, now. It's definitely up there. If it's I not at it, least, it's at least top three. If not, if not, it's the worst. I think at the Herschel Walker trade with the Cowboys and the Vikings, that's pretty bad. Um, yeah, but the Herschel Walker trade didn't like Marvin cap down though. Like that well, didn't like because this is gonna set their franchise. Well, back it helped Dallas by, become by a dynasty. That's why it was really bad for the Vikings. Right, 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 the Vikings right, did right, nothing right. with that, and the Cowboys became a dynasty off of it. Right, I I agree with that. So it's it's been that sense. But when you talk about just pure damage to your own team, this is probably as worse as it can get because not only did you give away multiple multiple picks, you also pretty much bogged your cap down until twenty thirty. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be um like they can't feel a competitive football team for the next half decade. Yeah, I I'm trying to think of like other trades. I'm thinking like Ricky Williams was a bad trade for the Saints because they did nothing with that. Um. The Russell Wilson one is certainly up there because if they didn't sign to the contract that he signed, I don't think it's as bad as a trade. But because of the amount of money they gave to him after this contract, after the trade, that's why it's bad. Because now you're tied into this all all this money. You essentially now have to cut him before uh, June 1st to avoid paying an $85 million cap hit. Uh, dead cap head for next season, which is essentially paying two quarterbacks on your roster. So that would be really bad for the Broncos, who it looked like a couple weeks ago were going in the right track. They looked like they were maybe going to make the postseason, and things have fallen through these last couple weeks. They lost to New England this past Sunday, and they they have a less than 1% chance to make the postseason right now. So a lot of things will have to go their way with Jared Sidham at quarterback these next couple weeks. So is this Bill Belichick ruining Russell Wilson's career once again? Uh, yeah, he's kind of his essential boogeyman, it seems like. That's pretty funny. Even at his very worst, Bill Belichick is still ending careers. That's kind of hilarious. And then we'll go into the NFC. Um, the Niners, the Eagles, and the Lions, they all have the same record at 11-4, and four, all trying to vie for that top seat in the NFC. The Lions play the Cowboys this week. The Eagles are playing Arizona, and the, and the Niners are playing the Commanders, so... But all those teams are still trying to clinch the overall top seed. Right now, if the season ended today, it would be San Francisco holding that tiebreaker due to their win over the Eagles. The Lions, if they beat the Cowboys, that would certainly help them in the scheme of things, trying to get home field advantage in the NFC. And then for the rest of the of the NFC playoff standings, the Buccaneers have been on a great winning streak this last couple of weeks from 4-7 and seven to now 8-7. and seven. They right now maintain their own destiny in the NFC South. If they beat the Saints this week, they will clinch the NFC South. If they lose, however, then it opens the door for both Atlanta and New Orleans to win that division in the final week of the season. So a must-win game for Tampa Bay on Sunday. The Rams go to um, the Meadowlands this week to take on the Giants. They're also at 8-7. and seven. 
as well as their division rival, the Seattle Seahawks, are also play are also eight and seven. As I mentioned, they'll take on the Pittsburgh Steelers. And on the outside looking in, you look at some of these teams: the Vikings and the Packers are both seven and eight. They pretty much, Jonathan, this week play an elimination game with Sunday Night Football. The winner, you know, keeps their season alive for one more week. The loser is eliminated from the postseason. So it's a must-win Sunday night in Minneapolis. Vikings must-win game at home. Where have I heard this sentence before? It's happened a couple times. It's happened. It feels like it happens almost every year now. And another thing is there's also technically an elimination game in and um, the sweep between the Falcons and the Bears because the Bears still technically are not eliminated from the postseason at 6-9. and nine. And the Falcons are seven. Very right now. I, 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 I don't. They're. Know. I, I agree with you. It would take a miracle upon miracles for it to happen, but the the Bears could essentially also eliminate Atlanta for the postseason if they win this week. So the Bears have a chance to do something and knock Atlanta out of the postseason race. But you're right. The Bears would need a bunch of teams to lose in front of them. And the problem for Chicago is most of these teams are playing each other. So I think the only way they have a chance. They pretty much need the Saints, Packers, Falcons, Vikings, Seahawks, and Rams to all lose out. Uh, well, that's the, and they can't because the Vikings and Packers play each other this week. So that's an automatic wash unless they tie somehow this week, which is, I guess, possible. Um, then you have the Saints playing the Bucks. Obviously, I guess you want that rate. You want Tampa to win. And then they need the Seahawks to lose the the Steelers, they need the Giants to beat the Rams. It would take a litany of things for Chicago. Put a parlay on it. You could, for a dollar, you could probably win two million dollars. Yeah, honestly, honestly, yeah, it's it's. I guess the Bears it's, make the playoffs parlay. Um, two hundred thousand to one odds. Hey, you're looking for a New Year's gift this week? You know, a little Christmas gift after the uh, holidays? Why not? Why not? It doesn't, it doesn't sound too bad uh, to me. But speaking of that, Johnson, I think it's now time to go into the Week 17 mushing hour. And as I mentioned, there are some big games this upcoming Sunday and one tonight here as of this recording on Saturday. Um, some crucial matchups considering where these teams rank in their tur- in their you know their scheme of records and where they're ranked in the playoff picture for both the AFC and the NFC. And we really have to decipher now what happens this week and where the scheme of things will go into week 18, the final week of the regular season, as these teams try to get into the postseason. So, with that being said, let's start off with this Saturday game, a crucial game in the NFC between the 11-4 NFC North champion Detroit Lions. They're going into Dallas to take on the 10-5 Cowboys. As I talked about, Johnson, the Lions have already clinched the division. They still have a chance at the top seed. In the NFC, the Cowboys still technically do as well, but they're also trying to fight for that NFC East title. One game behind Philadelphia. The Cowboys right now are a six-point favorite in this game, with the over/under being fifty-two and a half. Wow, this is a this is quite a game. Give me lines plus six. Uh, I think the Cowboys do end up winning this game, but it's going to be a little bit closer than anticipated. Dallas, after just getting kind of embarrassed the other week. I think they're going to want to come back and have a strong showing against another strong team within their conference. Um, I know they just lost to Miami on a heartbreaker last minute field goal that Fox Sports sent updates out saying, "Oh yeah, we want you know Dallas won." This is something that and I got confused. I, I think ESPN said it too. Yeah, a lot of news outlets did. So it was victim of fake news on Christmas. Yeah, um, sorry, Cowboys fans, not really. Um, but give me lines plus six. I think Dallas will win this game, but the lines will play them hard. 
Well, I think another, another thing to decipher also, Johnson, is because the Cowboys have had this long winning streak at home right now, so they obviously want to keep that streak going, and with a lot of the line right now, the division title, a loss in this game and an Eagles win on Sunday clinches the division for Philadelphia, so they have to win this game in order to stay alive, but I think it's a little bit closer than this plus this minus six spread. I'm going to go with the Lions plus six as well. I think the, Detroit is just too good of a team not to take right now with that spread, and they're still fighting for something. They might have clinched a playoff spot already and a division title, but to think of how good their season has gone, if they were able to get home field advantage in the NFC state playoffs this season, that would be huge for this team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't really see them as like, oh my god, they're gonna like you know destroy them, et cetera, et cetera. But, um, but yeah, that's that's that, that's I'm I'm glad we agree on that. <clears throat> Next thing we have Sorry. are the Miami Dolphins going on the road to MT Bank Stadium to take on the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore at home is a three and a half point favorites over under slated at forty six and a half. AFC Championship game preview, maybe kind of. I don't know. Depends if the Dolphins show up in the playoffs. Keep in mind, no Jalen Waddle in this game from Miami against Baltimore. No Jalen Wild, which would be pretty detrimental. Um, with that being said, I'm going to take the Ravens minus three and a half. Their lines are set up minus three and a half, and 46 and a half is the over-under. Uh, no Jalen Waddle. Tyreek Hill still two weeks away from being injured. I know he looked a lot better, had almost 100 yards and 10 receptions last week. Uh, no Jalen Waddles could put all the pressure on him. I feel like if he had a healthy ankle, I would pick the Dolphins in this, but give me Ravens minus three and a half this game. I think that defense is going to destroy him as well. Yeah, you talk about that defense. They played, they were huge on Monday against San Francisco. The Brock Purdy pretty much seemed, you know, was maybe talking to Sam Darnold about seeing ghosts because he was seeing a lot of ghosts on Monday night. Uh, the Ravens defense looks really strong right now, and they are for a formidable unit. I think they get it done this week as well, and I think they clinch the NFC, I'm sorry, the AFC North. And home field advantage throughout the postseason this year. So I'll also go with Ravens minus three and a half. Righty then. The next thing we have are the New Orleans Saints going on the road, take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Buccaneers at home. Minus two and a half point favorites over under slated at 42 and a half. Give me Tampa minus two and a half here. I don't know what the Saints are really playing for. I think they could still think they can make the playoffs, but um, Tampa Bay at home, give me the home team advantage. Tampa Bay minus two and a half. Baker Mayfield's been a problem this year. In the quarterback situation in New Orleans, uh, might as well just start taking some help at this point. Well, yeah. I mean, if not for what Flacco has done this season, I, I would put Baker Mayfield up for consideration for comeback player of the year. He's had a monster season. Yeah, with I, I would say Tampa Baker or, uh, or Flacco, but right now it's Flacco. Just for, He literally just came off the couch and saved Oh, yeah, no, absolutely. I agree 100%. And Baker definitely deserves a contract extension at the end of the offseason for what he's done for this team. The Buccaneers have looked like we're dead. Dead to rights. They were four and seven. Looked like they were going to be top picking a top five in the draft potentially and getting a new franchise quarterback. And now they've gone on a four game win streak. And Baker Mayfield's got a contract extension potentially coming to him in the offseason. I think Tampa Bay gets it done as well. I have not been a fan of New Orleans this entire season. I think we finally get an NFC South division winner. And it will be different from last year when Tampa Bay won the division where they were under 500. I think they go over 500 this year. They clinch a, a division title and host a playoff game this year and get killed by either the Cowboys or the Eagles. Wow, we're pretty much – sorry to all these teams. That's three straight mushes in a row. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it's scary right, that week. Last week we mushed Cincinnati, Buffalo, uh, Jacksonville, and the 49ers, and we all agreed. Those are the only teams that we all said, oh, yeah, this is, we're all going to agree on this. And we all got absolutely smoked. So 
just fade these fucking three picks now. Jeez. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, next game we have the Las Vegas Raiders on the road going into Indianapolis to take on the Colts. Colts at home, minus three and a half points. Uh, favorites and 42 and a half is the slated over under. Give me Raiders plus three and a half. I like what Antonio Pierce has been doing. I hope he I hope he gets the head coaching job. I hope they don't make the second mistake like they did with Mitch Wasaki a couple of years ago. And I don't like the Colts, so that's why I'm not picking them. And I don't like the Colts. I like I like that analogy right there. Um, I think for storyline purposes, it'd be fun if the Raiders win this game too. Now, Josh Jacobs, again, isn't playing, but they've been winning without him these last couple weeks, and that's been impressive for this team. They won this past Monday Monday against the Chiefs, Johnson, with 62 passing yards. You go into Arrowhead and you throw that many yards and you win the game, that's impressive. Their defense has played phenomenal since Pierce has taken over. Their offense has been – they've been able to run the football with Zamir White these last couple weeks, even though he's not Josh Jacobs. They still have been able to run efficiently as a team. And the Colts, they're coming off a bad performance because the Falcons this past week, a game they really needed to try to stay alive in not only the wild card race, but the division race. I don't know. The trending for these two teams is weird right now. Um, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the Raiders plus three and a half. I think the mushing hour will continue. I think it's really going to come down to Vegas is playing some good football right now, and the Colts just have been very mad these last couple weeks. Alrighty then. Next thing we have is a big game. Lots of playoff implications. We have the Pittsburgh Steelers going on the road, uh, going into Seattle, taking on the Seahawks. Seahawks at home, minus three and a half point favorites. Forty and a half is the slated over under. Give me Steelers plus three and a half because I like what I saw out of Mason Rudolph last week. I can't believe I'm saying that. I was, you can ask Nick. I was the original Mason Rudolph fan like five years ago. You I were the Patriots to take him, and it seems like his potential is finally. Uh, Maybe this may be his coming out party these next couple of games. So uh, give me Mason Rudolph and the Pittsburgh Steelers to cover at plus three and a half. I still think Seattle wins this game, though. Well, I have our first official non mush. I'm going to go with Seattle's minus three and a half. There we go. I think it was a nice story what Mason Rudolph did, obviously, being at Christmas Eve, um, or two days before Christmas, I should say, was on, that game was on Saturday. For him to do the performance he had, George Pickens went off in that game against the Bengals. The Steelers look like they finally revealed things on offense that they had never, you know, unlocked before. But I think Seattle right now is playing with some good momentum. They've got Geno Smith back a quarterback. They were able to get a big win over Tennessee this past week. I think everything's going right for them right now. A, a win pretty much will essentially clinch them a playoff spot this year. If they win this game, they'll have an 88% chance of making the postseason. So I say Seattle gets this, gets it done. And it's big for the Steelers, Johnson, as you know. Tomlin needs to win one more game to continue that illustrious streak of over 500 for his head coaching career. So it's either this week or he's got to be Baltimore next week. So it's a big one for Pittsburgh. Not only for that, but obviously trying to make the postseason this year. But I have Seattle minus three and a half. And with that, with that being said, I can see Baltimore winning this week and resting their starters next week. I think it's very um, possible, yeah. So Mike Tomlin, watch, still going on, but... I guess we'll find out. Uh, next game, we have the Cincinnati Bengals on the road versus the Kansas City Chiefs going into Arrowhead Stadium. Chiefs at home, minus six and a half point favorites, over under slated at 43 and a half. Uh, I'm going to go differentiate from the point spread here and just take Chiefs' money line for no particular reason whatsoever. I think the Chiefs are going to destroy the Bengals and they should definitely uh, at least win the game by a point. Right, guys? Right? <laughs> right. 
Uh, man, how how bad did these two teams look this past this past week? I mean, this was a game going into the season that you had your you know you penciled it in. You said this is a, a game you want to watch. This is but a glorified toilet toilet bowl. This is a game between two teams that yes do have winning records right now, but the Bengals are coming off a really bad performance against the Steelers. Uh, Jake Browning looked like the you know just kind of like had the glass slipper fall off of his foot and had a really bad game in that one. Uh, Mahomes and company for the Chiefs. They had a struggle against the Raiders. Could not come back. They played horrible in the first half. These two offenses aren't looking good. And for that reason, Johnson, I'm taking the under. This would be a game normally where you would take the over because of how much star power is in the game. But with obviously no Burrow, you have Mahomes and company not really playing good this year offensively. I think this is a low-scoring one between two pivotal teams in the AFC playoff picture. I think this one goes under. But if I had to pick, I'd probably say the Chiefs get the win. Okay, and the final game we have on our slate here, we have the uh, good old-fashioned NFC North rivalry game. We have the Green Bay Packers on the road going into Minneapolis to take on the Vikings for Sunday Night Football. Uh, Vikings at home, minus one-point favorite, and 43.5 is the slated over-under. Give me Packers plus one. I know it's pretty much the same as picking the spread, but if you're going to give me the points and I can get a push out of it, I'll take that. So give me Packers plus one. Well, remember, Jared Hall is starting the team for the Vikings, so they're going back to the rookie out of BYU after they had Nick Mullins start these guys a couple weeks. They yeah, had a chance Josh Dobbs. To, they had Josh Dobbs for a little bit as well. And remember, you know, to Mullins' credit, they they almost won that game against Detroit this past week, but unfortunately threw a late interception in the red zone, which cost them that game. So they're making the change to the rookie quarterback. It's a big game for him because he's going to start on Sunday Night Football against a Green Bay Packer team. They're coming off a close win over the the Panthers this past week. It's tough because the Packers' defense has looked so bad these last couple weeks. You would think that the Vikings should get it done because of how bad the defense has played. But a rookie on Sunday Night Football in his second career start, I just think I just think at the end of the day, the Packers have to find a way to win this game. I think they get it done. I'm going to go Packers money line this one. All right, and that concludes this week's episode of the Mushing Hour. And before we sign off, Nick, do you have anything to say besides a Happy New Year to all our listeners? Uh, yeah, Happy New Year to all of our listeners. Thank you for your continued support throughout this entire 2023. We're looking to keep it going in 2024. It should be another great year for us here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. And we have a lot to look forward to. Obviously, the NFL postseason is coming up very soon. We have to talk about college football coming up too as well, Johnson. We have the semifinals coming up for the college football playoff season. We'll talk about that next week on the show and the recap of that. But, yeah, no, MLB season's coming up as well. We'll talk about the NBA as well coming up. March Madness is just a few months away. We have a lot to talk about on the show, and I'm really, you know, looking forward to it and very excited. And for, you know, just looking forward to another great year here on the show. It's been a blast here in 2023. can only go up from here in 2024. I like the uh, I like the analysis. Any last sayings from you? I'm looking forward to a happy, healthy New Year for everyone. I want to thank everyone for listening every single week. Uh, put out a lot of content, so I know not everyone listens to every show, but those who listen to college football, college basketball, regular football, basketball, baseball, whatever we do put out, we do appreciate you guys listening to whatever your forte is. Yeah, even if it's even if it's for like five seconds, or do you actually listen to the whole show? We we appreciate the support nonetheless, and. 
we appreciate any feedback you guys give once we, you know, upload these episodes and, you know, just get, love to continue the support all, all around from the uh, AGMB's family. I get, we're going to start a, tra- a trademark there, Johnson, maybe. Trademark? Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. F- file that one down. But nonetheless, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the All Gas and All Break Sports Show. Week 17 just started on Thursday. Another game big tonight here on Saturday as of this recording between the Lions and the Cowboys. And then obviously our Sunday uh, slate will go into, a, you know, overall and seeing where this playoff picture will go into week number 18. One more final week in the NFL season next week. And as I mentioned also, the college football semifinal will be taking place this week. We will go into that recap of the, on that next week here on the All Gas No Break Sports Show. So definitely stay tuned and listen into that show and as well as our NFL recap. This has been Nicholas Pavona, joined alongside by Andrew Johnson with the All Gas No Break Sports Show. Have a great rest of your week and also very happy new year to everyone.